Okay. Thank you. Okay. Cindy, come up and preach. We are very blessed to have Cindy as part of our team. She's always been here, but she's officially part of our team now. Officially part of our church. And you're going to see a lot of miracles through this young lady. So I had to get my phone here because I have a testimony. You ready for some good news? Amen. God's in the business of healing. Jesus heals today. He still heals. Everything is done. Jesus completed the work. And we're seeing people receive, believe and receive. And it's, it's nothing that is difficult, you know. Sometimes we make it too difficult, you know. And yes, we have a part to play. God's part is done. Our part is to believe. But we make that believing part too difficult, where it's a work instead of a rest. And um, this is just a, just a beautiful testimony I got um, this week. I am blessed because people send me testimonies all the time. And I want to share them with you just to give glory to God and to encourage you. So this was a woman that I had been um, ministering to uh, for inner healing. So inner healing is when you've got something broken in your heart, broken heart or wound or in your soul or whatever. And I had been speaking and praying with her and talking to her. And she was um, prompted by God one day recently, was Tuesday actually, to pray for her sister. And so she stopped and she prayed. She, this woman is a very strong woman of God. She stopped and she prayed, didn't know why she was praying. Come to find out, her sister was having a diabetic crisis. I don't know, because the testimony doesn't share, whether she already was diagnosed with diabetes or if it was an initial you know, um, episode. But when she, she passed out, they called 911, took her to the hospital. And when she got there, her sugar count was 1,400. According to the doctors at Sinai Grace where she went, nobody that they've ever treated has lived with sugar count over 900. But this woman is completely recovered. She's a young, gorgeous woman. This is her picture. And she is well. She is well. Now, I don't know uh, any more details than that, but this woman, her sister, was prompted to get up and pray. She interceded, and this girl, who, according to all medical protocol, shouldn't be here, is alive and well. The, the message goes on to say that the doctor kissed her, <laughs> just kissed her in, in rejoicing, because that just doesn't happen when your sugar level is that high. So I just speak over this girl right now. I'm going to get her name. Her name is... Teresa. So we speak over this woman, Teresa, right now. Father God, I thank you that your perfect will is that Teresa is whole, that her pancreas works the way that it's designed to work, that her, her cells take in the insulin the way that they're supposed to, and her blood is balanced instead of out of balance. I call this woman healed in Jesus' name. I declare that diabetes is a name that has to bow to the name of Jesus. And by his holy name and in the power of his blood, we call this young woman, Teresa, we call her healed, whole, and set free from diabetes, now and forever, in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. There's another young man. Oh, I don't know how young he is, actually. He's probably about my age, so I'll call him young. Another young man who um, I keep telling you stories about this man. His name is Rick. He comes to our healing meeting on Monday nights, and he has the most precious childlike faith that I've seen in a long time. And whenever something attacks this guy, he, there's no questions. He simply believes God's word is true. And he simply speaks to the issue, and he receives every time. He receives every time. And this past week, um, he's dealt with lots of issues over his life, but he's a new man now. He's, he's just on fire for God, so in love with the Lord that he is just overwhelmed with the amazing goodness of God. And this week he was having some really serious abdominal pains. And like most of us, he was trying to figure out what it was. And as he was, you know, kind of exploring that area of his body, he found a uh, mass in his body and excruciating pain. He was ready to go to the hospital. And he started to speak to it. And he said, no, whatever this is, it has to go. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. And he gets very assertive in his prayer. He doesn't, he's not a wimp. Pastor Tim says, wimps get wasted. <laughs> this guy's not a wimp. He assertively spoke to his body, said no to that thing. And whatever that mass was, completely left, along with the pain, along with the symptoms. Every week this guy comes in with another testimony. That's not just for him. That's God's will for all of us. To be in that position of knowing God and knowing his will and taking a stand against the enemy. Saying no to whatever the enemy's attempting to pass along to you. Say no, 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 no. Okay, I have a, a handout. So Sharon, would you pass those? Thank you. This is a message I taught a couple weeks ago on Monday nights, and I don't think any of you were there. So, And if you were, it's, it's just the Holy Spirit's going to unveil even more to you and to me as I share it. The title of the message is The Power of Peace. The Power of Peace. And what I'm going to be talking about tonight is this gift that we have from Jesus. The gift of peace. Now, we pray, very often we pray scriptures about peace. But I don't think we realize the power that goes along with that peace that Jesus has gifted us. So that's what I'm going to share about, according to the Bible. This is going, I believe, I believe it's going to bless you. I believe it's going to change a believing in your heart. And it's not just um, uh, uh, a nice little nugget. This is a powerful nugget, I believe, that can take you another step on your healing journey. So the title is The Power of Peace. And what I want to do first is I want to define for you the world's view of peace, the world's definition of peace, and then contrast it with God's definition. So the world's definition is something like this. Peace is a state of tranquility or calm, or harmony. But according to the world, this definition of peace, this tranquility, or calm, or harmony, is because there's an absence of something else, an absence of strife, an absence of war, 
an absence of of uh, dissension or or, or um, you know stuff that gets in the way, distractions. Peace is an absence of all that stuff. And if you don't have any of that stuff in your life, then you have peace. But that's not God's definition. God's definition of peace isn't an absence of something. God's definition of peace is the presence of a person that has dominion over the presence of darkness. It's not an absence. It's the presence of Jesus within us that gives us dominion over the presence of darkness. Now, that's good news. That's a different way to look at peace. And what I'm going to be doing through this teaching is showing you scripture that leads you from the prophetic gift of Jesus to the manifestation of that gift at Christmas 2015 years ago, or actually it was longer than that, whatever, a long time ago, to the impartation of peace that Jesus has given us as believing believers and to our using that peace in a very powerful way. So let's get started. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. And we do have the scriptures, if this works, on the overhead. But if you have your Bible, please open it because you're going to want to mark these scriptures. Isaiah 9. And this is the scripture that is the prophetic word of our Jesus being born. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's the prophetic word. Talking about Jesus. One of Jesus' attributes, who Jesus is, he is peace. It's not just something that he carries. He is peace personified. This is a prophetic word about Jesus. Now let's turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke 2. We're going to read in the Bible where this prophetic word came to pass. Luke 2, this is the Christmas story. And I'm going to start with verse, I'm actually going to back up and start with verse 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her, for Mary, to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be or which will come to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly... 
There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Jesus, praise him guys. Let's stop and praise him. Jesus, we praise you. We praise you because you have been gifted to us. Jesus, we praise you because God the Father gave you to us. The best gift ever given. God, may we not become complacent with this beautiful gift. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. We receive the gift with awe. We receive the gift. This scripture, when Jesus was born, when the gift was given, and the angels were glorifying God, they came, a host of angels. There was one angel that delivered the initial message, and then a host of angels came. No wonder they were afraid. I mean, how awe-inspiring would that be? And the host of angels started praising God, because something really great had happened. And then the very next word they said after glory to God was they said, peace, peace on earth. Peace has come. Peace has been birthed right here and now, guys. That's what the angel was, the host of angels were rejoicing in. Peace had come. Peace, the best gift. Jesus is peace. So here's Jesus. He was born. He lived. What I want to show you right now is an example of how the peace that is within our Savior Jesus, how that peace was released and the power that was with that peace. So let's look at an account in Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 35. On that same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And now when they had left the multitude, they took Jesus. They took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So Jesus, when there was this storm that had the potential to uh, sink the boat, Jesus spoke peace. He released peace. Remember, the definition of peace is the presence of Someone, Jesus, who overcomes the presence of darkness. Jesus released that peace and overcame the storm. Overcame the prince of darkness. Overcame the enemy. He didn't just help the the apostles and, and the boat and himself to get through the storm. The storm was silenced. That word peace, there's several words in the Bible that are translated, several different Greek and Hebrew words that are translated peace. This particular word literally means to be still, to be calm. 
And that's what he spoke. And as he spoke, be still, be calm, the storm ceased. The storm was overcome with the peace of Jesus. Now here's some really good news. That's Jesus. That's the Son of God. But Jesus came to purchase our peace. Turn with me to Isaiah 53. This is a scripture that we often use to teach about God's will to heal. It's a prophetic word about Jesus that was written six or seven hundred years before Jesus was born. But today I'm going to share with you a precious piece of the grace gift. In verse 5 it says, Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. That's part of that amazing gift of grace. That iniquities, sin, has been taken away from us. It was remitted. Jesus bore our sin. He was wounded. He was bruised for our sin. But that's not all. The next line says, The chastisement for our peace was upon him. The word chastisement means the price. He paid the price for our peace. And then it says, by his stripes we're healed. He paid the price for our healing. This word peace, I want to go back because we're talking about peace tonight. That word peace is the word shalom. It's a big word. It doesn't just mean tranquility and calm. It does mean tranquility and calm, but it means more. It also means completeness. That's a big one to me. When I came to know Jesus, I came to know a completeness I had never known before. There is so often, it just just breaks my heart when I see people who are missing something and they keep trying to fill it up and fill it up and fill it up. And they're not getting full because they don't have Jesus. Jesus paid the price for that fullness, for that completeness. And we are are blessed to live with the fullness of Jesus in us, with the completeness of his love, his, his strength, his peace. That word shalom is completeness. That word shalom also means soundness. Soundness in every part of our being, in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body soundness or wellness that word also means health not just healing but health health is even better than healing it also means welfare or prosperity having all of your needs met in every situation this is an immense gift that jesus paid for guys He gave his life so that we could have that. Praise him. Praise him. So he paid the price for our peace. Turn with me to John chapter 14. He paid the price. He was, the prophecy said, 
that he paid the price. But I want to show you. I want to show you in John chapter 14. Before he died. Before he paid that price. In the book of John. Chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. All take place at the Last Supper. All of those chapters. And chapter 14 is in the midst of that Last Supper event when he was with his apostles in the upper room. He knew that night that it was going to be his last night with his apostles. And he did lots of sharing and lots of teaching and lots of, of it's just that those chapters are so rich. And this is one of the things that he said. This is verse 27 of chapter 14. He said this to his apostles. And he said this to you and I because it's in his word and it's his word for us as well. He said, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Okay, guys. Jesus knows that he's going to die. And he is giving us his last will and testament. In my other translation, it uses the word bequeath. My peace, I bequeath now to you. That means he's leaving it to us after he dies. In the world that we live in, people make wills for their family, and very often they share their requests with their family even before they pass because they want their family to know, this is important to me and I want you to have this. Jesus gave us the best gift. You know, this, this five chapters, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, this is what Jesus said He willed us peace. And then he says, it's my peace. My peace I'm leaving to you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace, there it is again, let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. This is a healing class. The purpose of the peace that Jesus gave us is to get us through the storm of whatever it is you're going through. Is it cancer? Jesus' peace will help you, not help you. The power will enable you to overcome the disease, to overcome pain, to overcome whatever the situation is. It's so much more than this calm, sweet contentment. It's power. In John 16, the next chapter, or two chapters over, still during the Last Supper event, this is what Jesus says, the last verse, 1633. I have told you these things so that In me, you may have perfect peace. Once again, Jesus is continually reinforcing the importance of this peace. In the world, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. And that's a result of peace. The conquest accomplished. So what is your conquest? You have his peace. The victory abiding. What is it that you need victory in? The victory is abiding with his perfect peace. Isn't that good news? 
So that's chapter 16. Chapter 17 is this beautiful prayer that he prays. And then chapter 18, chapter 19 is about the passion, about the price that Jesus paid. So the, prof- the prophetic word said that Jesus was to pay the price. Jesus knew that that was the purpose of his life, to pay the price for our redemption. He knew that he was going to be going to the cross the next day and pay the price, actually pay the price. And he did. He paid the price in full for our inheritance. He took the stripes on his holy back. He took the ridicule. He took the shame he was spit upon. He was crucified. He was crushed for our sin. He died. He went to hell. He was separated from his father. And then he was resurrected. The price had been paid. The greatest gift ever had been given. The price had been paid. And then he imparted that peace to his people. I just felt the anointing fall when I said that. Turn with me to John 20, verses 19 and 20. So when it was evening on that same day, the first day of the week, this is the day that he was resurrected from the dead, Though the disciples were meeting behind barred doors for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace to you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with great joy. When the disciples saw him, he was dead and now he's alive. They saw his hands. They saw his side. They saw that he had been raised from the dead. They could see the wounds still there, but he was alive. They were filled with joy. And then Jesus once again said, peace to you. He said it twice. As the Father has sent me, I also send you as my representatives. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. This was the first born again experience. This was when the the living God inhabited them with his peace. Jesus said, peace to you. He repeated it, peace to you. And they received the fullness of the Holy Spirit upon them. Now, there's another whole level of the Holy Spirit that Pastor Tim has taught on a lot. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. This was the first, the first, I don't know how to put it, the first level or the first gift, the born-again experience. And peace is part of that. It's part of that extravagant gift of grace that Jesus paid the price for. So, it's ours. 
What I want to share with you next is another nugget that has just blown me away. And it is the, the um, uh, there's two, two things that I'm going to kind of talk about and, and, and blend together. Peace and the kingdom of God that resides within us. Peace and the kingdom of God. So I'm going to have to just bear with me. I'm going to read two scriptures and then I'm going to stop and explain. The first scripture is Romans 14:17, and it talks about the kingdom of God. And it's, uh, the scripture says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the first half of the scripture says what the kingdom of God is not. And that basically means it's not about the, the law of what you can do and what you can't do. There were a lot of rules and regulations in the old covenant system about what you could do and what you couldn't do, what you could eat, what you couldn't eat, the, the different um, uh, feasts that you had to celebrate, and, and just a lot of rules and regulations. But Jesus, well, this was Paul, through the Holy Spirit, was saying the kingdom of God is not about that. But the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Those are ours, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Remember, we are bequeathed that peace it's within us as born-again children of God. Now, the next scripture talks again about this kingdom of God idea. This is Luke chapter 17. Verse 20 and 21. Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. And this is what he answered. He said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. I'm going to hold the rest for a sec. Jesus said, the kingdom of God doesn't have to do with what you can see with your eyes. You know, in the, in the prophetic word when they were talking about the coming of the Messiah, the people thought that the Messiah was going to be a leader that would raise up and be like a, an earthly king over a group of people and help them to um, uh, take back what had been lost. But that's not what Jesus was. He was so much more. But Jesus said, that's not what the kingdom of God is about, guys. And then he said, this is what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Let me define for you the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the royal power and authority of King Jesus over the power of darkness, over the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God is the royal power and authority of King Jesus over the kingdom of darkness. And that's what Jesus came to do. That was his, his purpose. To overcome darkness, to overcome the enemy. Right? 
That was the kingdom of God. And Jesus was the royal power and authority in the kingdom of God. This scripture says that that's in us. Stop and think about that for a minute. The kingdom of God is within us. In the Romans, and I'm just going to repeat this again. In the Roman scripture, it said, The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Those are three things that we have to enforce the enemy's defeat. The royal power and authority of Jesus is in me. And peace is part of that royal power and authority over the kingdom of darkness. We can release peace the same way Jesus did over that storm in any storm in your life. And there is power in peace. It's not just a settling, not just a calmness. It is powerful over the kingdom of darkness. Peace is the kingdom of God which resides in believers dominating the kingdom of darkness. Peace is a conduit for the power of God. Peace is a conduit for the power of God. Romans 16.20. You're going to like this one. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. (laughs) May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under whose feet? Yeah, our feet. It doesn't say under Jesus' feet, although he is under Jesus' feet. But Jesus is in us too. And the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. And then it goes on and it talks about grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. This peace that we're talking about, this power, is an, an facet of the extravagant grace of Jesus in us. This is, uh, this, this nugget, as Pastor Tim calls it, this insight into healing has potential to, it's like a, a weapon in your arsenal to release peace into the situation. In order to overcome the kingdom of darkness in that situation. Turn with me to Philippians 4. Almost drawn to a close here. Philippians 4. This is a common scripture. I love this scripture. I read it a lot. Starting with verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, that peace, that powerful peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. That word guard is a military term. That is a powerful military term. In my Amplified, it uses the word garrison. It is like an army surrounding you and protecting your heart and your mind. And that's the part of you that very often gets in the way of everything else. But this peace will guard your heart and your mind. Take your request to God. Thank him for it. 
And that peace will guard you. I envision a host of armies, angels. The song, what is that song? Um, host, something about armies, angels, or angels' army, or something like that. What is it, Kent? He knows the, the artist. He doesn't know the name of the song. But anyway, it's this powerful host of angels that's surrounding you, protecting you. Envision that when you're in the middle of a battle. That's God's promise. That's what the word says. That's his gift for us when we have that precious peace that he gives that he gifts us. So peace is more powerful than a storm. Peace is the power to overcome the storm just like Jesus did. Not just not just get through it, but overcome it. Now, if we let the storm be in control, we just are in that place of fear. In Philippians, it just said, don't be anxious, don't be afraid. We have a choice. If we are in that place of fear, the storm's in control. But when we choose peace, When we release peace into the situation, the kingdom of God in us is in control. And guess who is in fear? The demonic. Instead of us being in fear, the demonic is in fear. If the storm's in control, you are in fear. If the kingdom of God in you is in control, the demonic is in fear. Scripture says, stand Be steadfast. Resist the enemy and he will flee. We need to take that assertively and aggressively and believe God at his word. The kingdom of God within us is so much stronger than the kingdom of darkness. 1 John 4 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's me. That's you. That's the peace. That's the power that's within us. So we need to release peace into that situation. When a Christian gets squeezed, peace should come out. (laughs) Think about that. If you feel like you're getting squeezed, say, oh, go ahead, squeeze. Just wait and see. Peace and power over the darkness will come out of me and you're squished. Okay. I'm going to go to two more scriptural examples and then we're going to close. Turn with me to book of Luke. We're going to read two back to back. The first one is in chapter 7. And this is the account of the woman who was um, very steeped in, in sin and unworthiness. And the Pharisees invited Jesus to dinner. And this woman came. And when she came, she wept at Jesus' feet. She washed Jesus' feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair. She kissed his feet in reverence. And then she anointed his feet with this oil, this costly, precious oil. This is the woman with the alabaster flask that we've heard so many times as we've read the stories in the Word. The Pharisees didn't like it. And they were You know, they were angry. They thought that it was, uh, she shouldn't be there because she was sinful and she was unworthy. And Jesus turned to the woman 
and he spoke to the people. I'm going back a couple verses before what's on the screen. This is what he said. Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sin? And then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The last sentence of the scripture says, Your faith has saved you. That word saved is so-so. That big, all-encompassing word that means Forgiveness, eternal life, healing, deliverance, wholeness, wellness. Jesus said, your faith has saved you. And then he said, go in peace. That word in is not translated as clearly as it could be. That word in is actually into. Go into peace. It could also be go among peace or enter peace. She was saved. This is even before Jesus paid the price. Jesus was giving the the truth before he had even paid the price. He says, you're saved. Go into peace. Salvation includes being immersed, baptized in this peace of Jesus. And the next example is very similar. It's in the next chapter. It's the woman with the issue of blood. The woman who had been sick for 12 years and had gone to doctor after doctor after doctor and wasn't better. She'd spent all her money. She wasn't better. She was worse. And she said, if only, if only I can touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I know I'll be healed. Like the woman that went into that Pharisee's home where she knew that she wasn't welcome. She knew that she was going to be ostracized. She knew she was going to be condemned by the Pharisees. She chose Jesus anyway. This woman with issue of blood wasn't supposed to be out in public. It was illegal for her to do it. She could have been stoned, but she knew she needed to get to Jesus. And when she reached to the hem of that garment, the virtue went out of Jesus, and she received physical healing right away. He knew it. She knew it. And then Jesus spoke, and this is what he said. He said to her, daughter, Be of good cheer. Be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Once again, the, the Greek word that says whole, your faith has made you whole, is the word sozo. Her faith, 
her knowing, her conviction that Jesus was her Savior was the, the avenue for the, the virtue, the power to come from Jesus into her. And she was made whole. That word whole means whole in every area. Yes, she was healed physically, but there were so many other parts of her that needed healing. Her soul from being separated, from being uh, to having to call out unclean, unclean. Not She wasn't able to be with people. She wasn't able to, to be with her family or with those that she loved. She had to be separated. But she was made whole through Jesus. And then he said to her, go in peace. And once again, that word in is into. Go into peace. Enter my peace. That's ours. Just like it was theirs. The peace of Jesus is ours. So at the bottom of your your um, handout, there's a little box with just some nuggets to really take time. Take time to think about. Take time to meditate on. That peace is in us. Our commission as a believer is to be Jesus on the, in this world, to represent him. I like to say represent him. Represent Jesus. The peace of God resides in us. The kingdom of God resides in us. We have a choice. We can allow fear. We can allow the storm to be in control. Or we can choose to stand up with that kingdom of God that's in us, to take authority over the darkness, to release the peace into the darkness, and then the demonic is in fear. So what I'm saying, if I can leave you with one thing, is when you have situations in your life, no matter how big, no matter how small, release peace. Release peace, just like Jesus did. Peace, be still. I release peace into that situation. I release peace into my body. If you're in pain, speak to that pain. Say, I release peace right now into that wherever it is. If it's in your back, I release peace into my back. I release peace into my neck, Eileen. I release peace wherever it is that you need it. And there is a power that is in you, the kingdom of God, peace, that has power over whatever that thing is that's attacking you. And last line here, this is God's promise. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Isn't that good news? Amen. So what I'd like to do now is I want to just speak over you and release peace into your situations. And then we've got a song. You got that song up, hon? But I'm going to release this peace, and then we can just turn that on, and we can just soak in it. Soak in that peace and that power. So I am just going to speak right now in faith, believing God at his word. God, your word is true. It doesn't matter what we see or what we feel. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. Your word is the truth. And just like Jesus released peace in that storm and said, peace be still, and the storm ceased, I release peace right now. I release peace into the situations in our lives. 
I release the power of your peace, Jesus, into anyone that is experiencing pain. And I say, pain, you have no legal right. The power of peace completely dominates the power of pain. And we thank you for it, God. I release peace into any sickness or disease that people are fighting. That disease is part of the kingdom of darkness because God is only good. So sickness is from the enemy. So I release peace into any disease that you may be fighting. And I say disease, you are destroyed. The power of peace dominates over the power of disease. So go in the mighty, holy name of Jesus. I release peace into situations with relationships that are broken. Relationships that have hurt your soul or your heart. And I say, peace, the power of peace, come. And displace the power of darkness in the soul, in the woundedness of the heart, in Jesus' name. And the peace of God will soon crush Satan under your feet. In Jesus' name. I release peace right now into the stressful lives, the busyness of lives. And I say, oh no, that's of the enemy. Confusion, stress, and strife are of the enemy. That's the kingdom of darkness. So I release peace right now into that. And I declare that peace dominates over darkness. So stress, go in Jesus' name. Strife, go in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that your peace is ours. You paid the price for it. We believe it. We receive it. I thank you for the knowledge that we have as believing believers. And we choose to use that knowledge. So right now. Would you just put both of your hands up in a position to receive? I just impart peace right now. It's already yours, but this is just like a, a point of contact because that's what Jesus did. So we impart peace right now. We impart an increase uh, um Understanding and knowing, experiencing the peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace and the power that that peace holds. I impart it right now. We impart it. The peace of Jesus, come. Peace of Jesus, come. Peace of Jesus, come. Praise you, Jesus, for the price that you paid, for the gift that you've given. We choose to receive it. Peace. Peace. Be still. Peace. 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 We thank you, Jesus, for that peace. We thank you for your peace. The best gift, you are the best gift, Jesus, ever given. And we receive the fullness of your gift. 
righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. I impart peace. I impart peace. Peace. I impart peace.
Jesus is the gift.